1: Special night in Islington. Arsenal prove yet again that they are by far the greatest club the world has ever seen. This is the Arsenal Vision post-match podcast. My name is Alex Blackman the Black and Yankee Gunner. Okay, just about got through that. 2.30 a.m. local time in London. Don't ask me when my flight is. I don't want to know, and you certainly don't want to know either, but I am flying back in an amount of hours that can be counted on one hand, so what I want to do is set up for you how this episode is going to go and what this episode is about. Essentially, uh, I had the chance, Tim had the chance, Clive had the chance to be at the uh, art exhibit uh, by the Angel in Islington to see the unveiling of the artwork that will adorn the Emirates Stadium for years to come. So a few things about this. Firstly, there's a lot of Gratitude and appreciation that I should be sending out to specific named individuals at Arsenal for allowing us to be a part of that. Um, But the list is quite long, and uh, I've already taken the opportunity to thank those people. But I just want to reiterate that I understand how privileged a position it was to be there. And I think a huge thank you has to go to you, to you listening right now, to the community around this podcast, because you just always show up. You always show up when we're asking for fundraising, when we have something – that we want to share together. When we ask for feedback, you're there. And as a result of this community, I think the club has recognized that you should be represented at an event like this. And so whether you were physically there or you're in London or you're around the world, you were represented at this event. Um, and on behalf of you being there, thank you. So I, I think there's a couple of things that I want to let you know. First of all, you're going to hear from Martin Odegaard. Got the chance to interview him. Then Ivan uh gracious enough to give us some time. You're going to hear from him. Jack Wilshire, Alan Smith, Stuart McFarlane, uh, Jeremy, who is uh, one of the three artists who created the artwork. You're going to hear him on this podcast as well. Uh, Just an incredible, lovely, wonderful night. And so some of the interviews are obviously uh, focused on the artwork. That was the topic of the evening. There's some questions that extend beyond that, but out of respect for the event and the occasion, we certainly tried to keep it to that a little bit. This was recorded in a noisy and crowded uh, art installation. We were upstairs, uh, and it was a lovely experience, but so I was using some gear I'm not super familiar with, and as I think you probably know by now, I'm not a super uh, knowledgeable expert at this stuff. So I've tried to chop it up, put it together the best I can. I'll try to do little intros in between on who's coming up, but you'll get the idea. Like when you hear Martin Notegard introduced, you know who Martin Notegard is. <laughs> so that, that much uh, speaks for itself. A couple fun little side notes. Uh, Andrew Allen was there. Great to see him. I got to meet Phil Costa of uh, World Cup Daily and Euro Daily fame for the first time in person. These nights when you get to meet people for the first time are so special. Met so many wonderful people who work at Highbury House who are just lovely. Just lovely. The club is filled with lovely, wonderful people that we don't ever know about, see, or meet who reflect so brilliantly on the club and do such sensational work to help make this global operation uh, actually take flight. I think uh, so many great representatives of the women's game were there tonight, but of course Tim has done brilliant work on that, and you will see that come out from Tim if you haven't already. I am trying to pull my thoughts together to provide you an effective introduction here. There were lots of little fun anecdotes through the night. I think when we all get home back to home bases and do the next podcast, we'll try to tease some of those out. Of course, we're going to owe you a a preview pod for the North London Derby and all of that stuff. Um, I did post some pictures on Patreon. I'll try to get some of those out wider on social media and things like that, as this is an audio platform, <laughs> not, not great for describing pictures or videos. By now, you've seen the art, um, and there are a lot of people writing about it and covering it, so I, I didn't really take the opportunity to try to chronicle what the artwork is because there are so many media outlets covering that, and I think it's really well covered by people who uh, do a great job describing that sort of thing, so you have that out there available to you, but I will say that my own opinion is they've done a brilliant job. Uh, I think they've done a brilliant job, and I'm I'm excited to see it on the Emirates. I'm excited to come to games once it's up and, and see it outside, and I think it's gonna just be a a towering representation of the club in the heart of London, so super excited about that. Um, I guess I'll turn it over to the interviews. The way we're gonna do this, there'll be a little intro with Tim and Clive and myself, and then I've tried to order it so that the flow makes some sense. Uh, I believe the way it's structured right now, we have Vinay, followed by Martin Odegaard, uh, Jack Wilshire, Alan Smith, Stuart McFarlane, uh, Jeremy, who I mentioned, is one of the artists. He's he's uh, on the podcast as well, and so hopefully this will narratively make sense. But we'll, we'll try to tie it all together, like I said, and and, and make make uh, a little more out of this as time goes by. But at 2.30 a.m. in the morning London time trying to put a podcast together. This is about the best I can give you. So a night of immense gratitude to you, a night of immense gratitude to the club, on a night when I think the club did a brilliant job unveiling something that has been received so far from what I can see with pretty universal appreciation, and uh, and that's very rare in this day and age for anything. So uh, kudos to them. Let's do this. I'm going to turn it over to myself and Clive and Tim for the intro, and then we'll have all the interviews. Uh, enjoy it. This is an Arsenal Vision post-match podcast, I guess, but it's a unique podcast because I am recording this right now from an art gallery in Islington, and tonight was the unveiling of the new artwork that's going to go outside the Emirates Stadium. By now, you've seen it probably on social media. You're going to soon be seeing it on the outside of the stadium. A tremendous, tremendous achievement by the club, in my view. Your view, certainly going to let us know, I have no doubt. Um... You are going to be hearing from some people you know, familiar voices, although maybe not on this podcast. People like Martin Odegaard, people like Jack Wilshire, people like Stuart McFarlane, people like Vin Ivan Kedisham. Uh, I, I could go on, Alan Smith. It's, it's going to be quite the podcast, I think, and we're really fortunate to have the chance to bring it to you, but I do have to start with the men of the hour, the men who helped the club realize this vision. One of them is Tim Stillman, you may know him on Twitter, at Stillmanator. Hello, Tim. Hello there. Well-remembered. And Clive, you can find me on Twitter at Clive BFC. Hello, Clive.
2: Hello, hello.
1: Hello, indeed. All right, you guys. So the club pulled off what I think is a a pretty tremendous achievement with this. Um, maybe that's some of the drink talking, some of the 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 glow that I'm in right now of some of the interviews. That's I'm stop to talking. <laughs> but but um, you were part of the process, so I think what I'd like to do before we lead into the interviews and go from there is to understand, Clive. How did the club approach? developing this artwork, working with fan communities, what was your role in helping the club develop what is now a a realized vision?
2: So, yeah, it wasn't just me and Tim, by the way. It's probably about 25 people, (laughs) probably Tim, 25, 30 people. And um, it was was a group of, from different backgrounds, different people, different ages. And they literally started with a blank sheet of paper and said, what do you think should be on the outside of the stadium? So when you get 25 football fans in a room, Sometimes we're drinking them. Is that fair, Tim? Sometimes we're drinking <laughs> <No>. them. <laughs> um, you're gonna get a lot of opinion. So it has been a sort of a long process, but there were some things that were non-negotiable almost, right? And that's where we've ended up right now. I think there was a, two or three themes that came out. I mean Tim spoke earlier about this. He knows what I'm gonna say. There were two or three themes that came out. I think inclusivity, diversity and gender parity, I think. And what that says about the club today, and I think obviously what Tim is involved in the women's side of things, what it says about the club going forward, people need to think about not just what you see, what this represents. I think it's a really important point that's between the lines. Does that make sense, Elliot? It,
1: It does, but what I will say is it doesn't feel forced or manufactured. It still feels very authentic and organic in terms of the way it reflects who the club is. I don't see something that is a, an attempt to deliver a message. I see something that effortlessly stitches together what the club represents, which is such an achievement. And Tim, the, the club didn't come to you and say, A, B, or C, pick from the menu. Mm-hmm. This was a blank slate. And that can mm-hmm. be very, very difficult because when you come with a blank slate, and to Clive's point, you have so many football fans with so many opinions, it can be impossible to, to unite on a single vision. How on earth did you pull that off?
3: Yeah, yeah. So when I was invited along to the consultation, I was thinking, okay, what, what's my space? What's my value? Why am I here? What can I add?
1: I think about that as the host of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go ahead. And
3: don't get me wrong. I don't think they deliberated like for ages and ages. Do you know what I mean? But I was thinking, right, what do I, and I was thinking, right, I really want to, what's important. What do I think's important that maybe other people won't push for? And I thought representation of the women's team. And the greatest thing about this whole process is I was wrong. We, As Clive said, we were all presented with a blank piece of paper at the beginning and everyone in the room said they wanted that. They wanted to see the women's team, not just, not. I mean, there's no one from the current women's team on it. There's no one from the current team on it. They wanted to see legends from the history. And and I thought that was really, really powerful because I went in with my sleeves rolled up and my boxing gloves on and, and it's almost like someone sucker punches you in the first three mm-hmm. seconds. And I was like, well, what is my role here now? But but like what Clive said, like, you know, about the kind of inclusivity aspect, not for, like, I promise you not force, like blank sheet of paper. Everyone said they wanted that. And when you think about how Arsenal fans think about themselves as well, I think what a lot of Arsenal fans will tell you that they're proud of is that this has been an inclusive club for a long time right so Clive you will talk with much more experience than I about why you were coming to Arsenal in the 70s and 80s and things like that but like on the women's side as well right and this is where I'm going to speak slightly out of turn Arsenal and their women's team is not a sports washing project they're not doing it because of the me too movement they're not do- like they've been doing it for 30 years and I love the fact that players like Sean Williams, who played for Arsenal 30 years ago, are up on the side of the stadium. So, But that's just my side, and, and um, not to hog the mic too much, but one of the best conversations I think we had was at one of the last consultation sessions. There were some young people from around Islington, Hackney, and when we were developing the ideas, they kind of said, do you know what? This is beginning to look a bit like a museum. What does this, what does this rap say to me? as like a 20-year-old, as a teenager in Islington or Hackney. And that's where the academy rap came from. It was about how do we speak to people of all ages? How do we make this aspirational as well as talking about our history? And that's, that's one of the things I really think this has been successful at.
1: Well said, which leads me to a question for you, Club, that I think is really important. One of the big decisions the club had to make is, do we put current players in this artwork? Yeah. And... They've not done that. And I think it is the absolute right choice. And yet, to Tim's point, this does not feel like a museum. This does not feel like you have to blow the dust off the, the, you know, the couch cover that your grandmother put over the furniture. This feels vibrant and contemporary, but without contemporary players on it. I know you were involved in conversations around that. What's your thought on the decision behind going this direction without current players involved?
2: I, I swayed on that. I'll be honest with you, I swayed on it. And though I, I, I agree that decision, well, I... I helped point to that decision, but I swayed on it every minute. Because when you care about your club, you want everything to be perfect. Then I steered away from perfection. And I said to you, so Elliot, be you and Tim go to an art gallery. We look at eight pictures on the wall. I don't think we're going to agree on what's the best one. But, and that's how you got to view it. The fact that we in our stadium can change the face of the stadium, can change the face of how we look, can change the face of how we connect, to people what we did when that stadium was built compared to society today it's a different society and so i love the bravery of the decisioning to have a a nod to the past but also think about how we go forward i think it's it's a huge huge thing we haven't seen the online feedback too much yet so when i get on the train to go home we're going to have a good look around to see how people have received it but what i will say i feel incredibly Proud to be associated with a club that's brave enough to do something like this that represents everybody and one thing i've learned through this podcast is not everybody lives in n5 right and there's there is a wall there that represents all the global fan base all the flags of the global supporters clubs not everyone lives in n5 not everyone goes to the tollinton everyone goes to Tins pubs that i won't mention because people will go up to there. <laughs> but I know where he lives. <laughs> and um, not everyone goes to those places. Not everyone goes to the Europeans and then goes to the game and go to Kentucky and get mullered. Not everyone does that. They, they experience the football in their own way. And I think it's important that they're included as well, which I think they are.
1: Yeah, really, really well said. I think the artwork will speak for itself. Everyone will have their opinion of it. And look, art. the one thing about art is it is interpreted by people in different ways. Nobody's required to love this. It doesn't make you a better Arsenal fan for loving it or a worse Arsenal fan for not loving it. But the club had to make a decision about how to do this. And the decision they made was, let's get supporters in a room, a diverse group of supporters representing a lot of different interests, and let's not give them choices. Let's let them, through a process of ideation that was totally organic, develop this concept and then use talented artists to realize it. And then stitch it together in the fabric of the club with, Easter eggs for people to see every time they come out to the ground and and little thoughts like, hey, when people pass by on the train, how can we intimidate people? How can we send our message to people? When people come from this side of the stadium, what's the the message they want? There's a lot of thoughtfulness that goes into this. And you know what, by the way, 10 years from now, 12 years from now, eight years from now, sometime, it'll be refreshed and renewed. Mm -hmm. It's going to represent an era of the club, but not a permanence in the club. And I think that that's a good thing because the club will evolve. Our society, as you've said, Clive, will evolve. As a last question here, Tim, just about tonight and encapsulating tonight, hmm. it is easy to be caught up in the Martin Nodegaard of it, in the <laughs> in the Vinay Vinkedishim of it, right? The, the people that are, you know, towering icons of the club at the moment and being in that company can sometimes make you lose your head a little bit. I, I, I'll admit, right, as, you know, some random American that nobody wants to talk to, right? Like, that thats that's a privileged position. But the thing that really comes through is, there's a lot of people, you know, I won't name names, but we spoke to some people who work at Arsenal tonight <coughs> who are just diehard fans who walked around parks in London saying out loud, I will work for Arsenal, I will work for... Like, manifested it into reality because the idea of working for the club that meant that much to them. Tonight is a reminder that the club isn't just the Odegaards and the Sackas and the Martinellis. It's not just the Vincenna and the Artetas. It's Highbury House. It's people mm-hmm. who have to do it as a job and love it with a passion and that those people deliver a lot of value and joy to the average supporter that, that maybe isn't ever realized or appreciated.
3: Yeah, absolutely. I, I had two pictures tonight with former players, one with Anita Asante, because um I I know Anita quite well, and I uh, just never had the chance to do that before. But I also approached Sean Williams, who was the captain of the women's team from about the mid-90s until about 2004. And, uh, and I just approached her as a fan. And that was my favorite part of the night to be honest, just to be able to go up to someone like that and say, actually, um, I know you played a long time ago, but you were really special to me.
1: Yeah, well said. Uh, we are going to probably get kicked out, which is why we're going to cut this short. We're going to go into the interviews. I'll come back at the end and say goodbye. A special night, a special achievement by the club. I hope you enjoy the interviews. We will come back with a nonsense regular pod that just talks about the football and the transfer window. But I hope you enjoyed this. And uh, here we go. We'll start with Arsenal CEO Vinay Vinkenesham. So Vinay, Thank you so much for the time and speaking with us. I just want to congratulate you on tonight, a really special occasion. A lot of work went into this event to make sure that it reflected the global Arsenal community. And I'm just curious how you feel now looking at the realization of this idea and how it reflects the values of the club and the community globally.
4: Well, listen, it's really kind of you to congratulate me, but it's, this is a, a massive team effort. There's been more than 100 people involved in this project ex-Arsenal players, ex-Arsenal players' families, Arsenal staff, and of course, a really diverse group of our supporters as well. It's been a long journey. Started in April 2022, also in Islington, at the Tollington pub, mm-hmm. where we started getting people's input around what Arsenal meant to them in 2023. Lots more consultation, lots more conversations, then we with three unbelievably talented artists who have put together these eight designs that you see today, and obviously unbiased, but, I love them. And I love them because I think they really do what we wanted them to do, which is sum up what Arsenal means to people in 2023. So you can look at a banner and see 150 supporters club flags. You can see the Arsenal women's team lifting up the Champions League trophy right next to the Invincible team lifting up their trophy. There's the East Stand of Highbury. There's just so much to it. And I'm just really looking forward to them now because I'm greedy. Now we've done the launch. I can't wait for them to be up on the stadium and start seeing people wander around, look at them, have their photos taken, to them see those little details that are hidden in each one.
1: You've done something that I'm not sure has hitherto been uh, achieved, which is unite social media. Because so far, the the response seems universally positive. So congratulations on being the first person to accomplish that.
4: Well, it's kind of you to say because I walked in here at, um, one minute to six, and the embargo was at six o'clock, and I've not looked at my phone. So I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, so, so far I'm glad we're not. I'm glad I'm just, we're not just in the bubble here. So
1: far, so good. Um. I, I think as CEO of the club, obviously, the Emirates is a representation of your work and, and your position within the organization. And it's getting a lot of praise right now, not just for this artwork you've created, but for the sense of reconnection that's happened. COVID was a very difficult time. Football without fans doesn't work. Yeah. But it wasn't just about bringing fans back. It was bringing fans back in a way where they really make a difference in the ground. And we had a chance to talk to Martin Odegaard tonight, and he said that he really feels that on the pitch. And I'm curious... So much work, I'm sure, has gone into this. How proud are you of the, the rightful praise and reaction that's happening now to the the uh, atmosphere at the Emirates and the way it has really become a special place for the, for the fans and for the players?
4: Absolutely. I mean, you know, this project here today, um, I think has been so successful because we've put our supporters right at the heart of it. And actually, when we talk about the atmosphere in the stadium, it's similar. You know, we have consulted with our supporters, whether that's the Arsenal Advisory Board or the Fan Forum, AST, Acer, Red Action, Ashburton and Army and spoken to them all about how we can improve the atmosphere in the stadium, taking their ideas on board and I think involving our supporters right in that process like we have on this one I think has been really successful. You talked a bit about reconnection and actually one of my favourite bits of this evening has been meeting some Arsenal fans new and some Arsenal fans, sorry some Arsenal fans for the first time and some mm-hmm. Arsenal fans I've known for a long time and hear them all say the same thing which is they've never felt so connected to the club and our job uh, working for the club, myself and the 550 people working here, is how do we maintain that and how do we grow that? Because that's what we want. We want that connection where our supporters really
1: feel connected to their football club. Certainly feels like the future's in good hands. The artwork is a tremendous reflection of the past and future. Quick on the artwork. I know there are a lot of Easter eggs. Where are you? Which, which banner are you on? Where, where are we going to find your Easter egg? You will not find me. <laughs> okay. You can look long and hard, but you won't find me. Okay, a uh, last question. Arsenal isn't just about the men's team, it's about the women's team as well. And 40,000 tickets sold again for the, the London Derby with Chelsea yeah. uh, coming up. How proud are you of the way Arsenal has led the way in many ways in women's football and the way now that it's just routine for the Emirates to see this kind of attendance and popularity for the women's game, not just the atmosphere for the men, but the way the women's game has really broken through with a lot of thanks to Arsenal.
4: Uh, listen, it's been fantastic. Arsenal have been pioneers of the women's game right from its foundation. We had Vic Aker's here today. Um, and it makes me really, really proud, you know, selling over 50,000 tickets to the North London derby, over 40,000 when we played Manchester United, I think we're 42,000 and counting for this weekend, where we're going to have two London derbies on one day. Arsenal women, of course, playing Chelsea women in the morning and then the North London derby in the afternoon. So I'm really, really proud um, of, of course, the Lioness's success in the summer, Arsenal players being central to that and just how the game continues to grow. And our job is to make Arsenal, make sure Arsenal women remain on the forefront of the game. Don't think you're the, uh,
1: we're the only interview you have tonight, so we're going to say goodbye. Thank you so much for our invitation to be here. Thank you for everything you've done. It's a pleasure to meet you. It's a pleasure. Nice to meet you. Okay, and now it's my great pleasure to introduce someone who, when I met him, I asked him what he did for a living. He said he plays football. You may have heard of him. His name is Martin Odegaard. Martin, thank you so much for coming on. A pleasure to be here. Obviously, you are club captain. It is a privileged position. And this is an event that is all about the history of the club, really planting a flag in North London. There were a lot of fans that were consulted to create this. I'm wondering what your reaction is to what they produced and how it reflects on the club.
5: Yeah, first of all, I would just like to say that it's amazing to be here and to see all the people, see all the love for the club. And, and yeah, to see, to see the new artwork, uh, all the legends, all the history, you know, it's so much history in this club. and. Uh, and as you say, also supporters being part of the, the project and, and doing this. So I just think it shows, you know, the, what this club is about and the family we are and everyone's together. So that's, that's amazing to see.
1: Really well said. And obviously it comes at a moment when things are going very well on the pitch. Um, I want to ask you sort of a strange question. How much did you miss it when everybody was gone, when the season stopped? And how strange was that for you to have that break in what was such an exciting season and such a good time with the rest of the guys?
5: Yeah, I missed it so much. I think, to be honest, it was a bit dif- difficult, you know, not going to the World Cup, and then we stopped the season in the middle of, uh, yeah, middle of the season. So it was a bit strange, but um, I think I used it in a good way to get some rest and to work on some work on some other things. So I think I used it in a, in a good way to to come back stronger.
1: It certainly looks like it. Your name getting mentioned rightfully is one of the best in the league right now. Uh, it's a joy to get to watch you play game in and game out. This is the first time since you've been at Arsenal that such a big prize is on offer and i'm just wondering how that pressure is impacting is it is it an excitement or do you feel the weight of it
5: every time you step out on the pitch i think to be honest we enjoy this pressure i think we to feel that people believe in us um uh, to feel that people take us seriously i think it's a good thing and uh, yeah we are where we want to be you know we want to fight to to win things we want to be at the top you know that's that's what where this club should be so i think we're we're in a good position at the moment, but uh, we have to stay calm. We have to stay humble. We have to keep working hard. And there's still so many things we can improve. So I think that's one of the best things, you know, you can always get better. So I'm I'm excited to, to finish the season.
1: And if you can get better, that'll be very exciting because right now there's not much room for improvement. But, uh, you know, obviously last season was documented by the Amazon documentary. This season, you don't have that going on. And I'm just curious, by restoring some of the sanctity of the dressing room, not having everything filmed, has that allow you to bond a little more closely and feel a little more free versus knowing those cameras are there? He says as there are cameras and microphones <laughs>
5: <laughs> yeah, to be honest, I'm not the biggest fan of the cameras and the tension and all this, but I think it's a part of football as well, and I think what we did last season was um, was good you know for fans to see to come a little bit closer to the team and to understand more of what we're doing uh not just during the game but during the week, uh, the build up, the emotions you know. Um, so I think it was good for the fans to see, but um, yeah, if I'm being completely honest, I, I prefer like it is this year, you know, to, to have more uh, peace and, uh, and uh, to be a bit more relaxed. But uh, I think it was good for the, for the fans to see it.
1: Well, it certainly gave us a window into a, a little bit of the personalities and I think brought us all closer to, to the, the team itself. But one of the things that's noticeable, whether you're at the Emirates or watching on TV, is the atmosphere in the ground. And the Emirates really has started to feel more like a fortress more like a place that's an intimidating ground. And I'm wondering, have you noticed that as you play? Do you tune it out or is it really evident? One thing that's been so special, when you go behind, doesn't happen often, there are tears, right? Yeah, there I aren't mean. groans, there aren't sighs. The, yeah. the, the crowd gets behind even more. And I'm, yeah. I'm curious if, that, if that's been a big impact on...
5: Yeah, definitely. I think this is uh, one of the most important things, you know, for our success, um, what the fans are doing, the way we are connected, the way we work together. Um, the connection we have, you know, is so special. And as you say, uh, I remember the West Ham game, especially when we conceded the first goal, the whole stadium just cheered for us and, and, yeah, helped us to get back into the game and to keep going. And this helped us so much. And, um, yeah, the fans, such, such a big part of what we are doing now. So, um, yeah, just grateful for, for all the support, all the love we get. So just want to say thank you, really.
1: You know, I, I want to be uh, understanding your time. So just as a last question, um, it's such a young team. And you're still so young, standing here in front of you, I, I really feel that. Um, but you are captain, and you do have that responsibility, and there are younger players in the team. And I'm curious what that responsibility is like, having to be a mentor, having to be a leader, but also knowing that you yourself are still growing into the game, and, and how you help with the really young group of men that you're, that you're leading.
5: Yeah, it's, it's like you say, we have, uh, we have a young group, I think probably the youngest team in the league. And... Uh... And yeah, we're young, but I still feel like we have a lot of experience. I feel like all the players have been through a lot. Me, myself uh, as well, been through a lot, even though I'm young. So I feel like the experience may be more important than the age. And uh, yeah, I just try to do as, as good as possible to help the people around me. And and we have different different people, you know, in the captain's group. So uh, they help me a lot to to do the things I'm not doing. And uh, yeah, I think we, we're we doing it in a good way together. So I'm just, uh, yeah, happy, proud to, to do it and uh, hopefully... Uh, I do it in a good way.
1: Well, without wanting to go into too much, the captaincy hasn't always been the position it should be at the club. I think you've restored a lot of honor to that position. Uh, People obviously hugely admire what you're doing on and off the pitch, showing up tonight. I think shows a tremendous amount of class being at this event. And I can't thank you enough for for taking the time to speak with me. So best of luck the rest of the season, and thank you. Thank you very much. Pleasure to be here. All right, and now it's my great pleasure to introduce someone who's uh, one of the first shirts I think I ever bought for Arsenal. Um, uh, Part of the club's tradition and history Jack Wilshire. Jack, great to speak to you. It's good to be here. Really special night, a night connecting our past and our future. Um, the artwork, obviously, a big project with a lot of global fans, and there was a lot of input to it. I think what they've come up with is brilliant. I'm curious what your reaction is to to the artwork and how it reflects on the club.
6: Yeah, it's it's um, it's an honor to be honest to see my see my face alongside so many legends, and and not just on on the artwork. I'm on on the other ones as well. Um, you know, especially someone who, who sort of brought me up through the academy, mentored me even when I got in the first team next to Liam Brady and people like that. Yeah, it's an absolute pleasure.
1: Yeah, and I think obviously there's a, a, a youthful project happening at the club right now. Mm-hmm. You are a big part of that, working with some of the younger players at the club. And as someone who grew up with the club, I'm curious how you feel now finding yourself in this position of being a mentor and a coach to mm-hmm. the next generation of Arsenal talent.
6: Um, yeah, it, at first it was a it was a big change, and it still it still is a little bit of a big change. But I absolutely love it. You know, I love being on the grass. I love seeing the kids and 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 seeing how they play and watching them, seeing how I can help them, uh, and yeah, just being there for them. Really, you know. And and one thing I will say, and and this is credit to the whole academy, every single one of the players gives their all. They're good humans, which is which is a starting point, right? Especially with, with Pers Vision in the academy. Mm. Um, so credit to all the work that's gone, gone, gone in over the years with these boys in the academy because they're, they're all good kids and, and when you're a good kid, it gives you a chance.
1: You got to be there and really the star of one of the first games where the Emirates felt like home, I think, yeah. that Barcelona uh, first leg. And now I think we're finally building on that. And I'm curious as someone who experienced the atmosphere that night, contrasting it and comparing it with what the atmosphere feels like at the Emirates now, what do you think about that journey and, and where we've come in terms of making the Emirates home?
6: Yeah, I think, you know, Mikel, and, and not just Mikel, but Mikel and his staff and Mikel sort of driving it. Um, you know, one, one of the big things I took from Mikel and, and when, when, when I was training with the first team last year he was coaching me was his energy and his passion that he brought. And he demanded that from the players. And I think he's got that from the players. And now sort of feels like the whole club's part of that, including the fan base. Um, when you have that as a special feeling, I've been to the stadium a lot this season and, and there definitely is a, a special togetherness about it
1: yeah and and just as a last question i think there are a lot of people that will obviously never know the feeling of arsenal being home the way you know it Mm. feeling like home and there may be some people that take that for granted is one of the things that you try to do or that's important to you in the position you have now is to really make people understand how privileged their position is and how special it is Mm. that they're with this club so they can really make sure to cherish this time because it can go in a snap you know
6: yeah yeah no i would agree with that, but also. I think there's a balance because I think they, yes, they have to realize how fortunate they are. But also sometimes, you know, people get carried away with that around, you know, around youth football and they say, oh, you're so lucky, you're so lucky, but actually they've worked so hard to be there. Yes. They have to realize that they're fortunate to be at a big club like this and all the the things that come with that, like being at the training ground, you know, having your lunch, having these amazing facilities, it's not like that everywhere, Mm. but also make the most of that, you know, embrace that, um, get everything you can out of every single department, whether that's nutrition, sports, sports science, just be a, every, every day you walk in these doors and you walk through them, there's a chance to be better. And like people say that a lot, but it actually is because everything's there and they have to do that.
1: Well, there weren't many better than you uh, playing for Arsenal. We oh, got thank a, you. another great generation of young talent coming through now. I'm sure you're enjoying it. I can't thank you enough for the time. Uh, oh, really
6: appreciate it. Thanks, John. Thank you. I appreciate it.
1: Okay, and now I am joined by, it says here, superstar, legend, and generally well-liked gentleman, Alan Smith. And it is my great pleasure to be talking to you today. Alan, welcome.
7: Thank you, Elliot. Thank you.
1: So let's start just by talking about the artwork itself and the process by which this art was created. Obviously, a big component of what's going to be up on the stadium is the history of the club. And I'm curious how you feel about the process that was put into place to come up with these ideas and then the way it does reflect what the club means to you and if you think it's captured the spirit of the history of the club
7: i certainly think it's captured the spirit of the club yeah and i think it's inspired uh, the way uh, the three artists have come up with this it's some nothing that's ever been done before i think in, in a certainly a british ground to reflect the history of the club going right back to i don't know when it goes back to the 30s probably um so it's fantastic you know i suppose as the artist i are always fearful that i've missed somebody out but um Uh, no, I didn't know what to expect. I'd just seen my little bit of artwork, but you know, to see the mules, you know, those kind of action shots with the cannon and everything. And I can't wait to see what it looks like so much bigger on the side of the stadium.
1: Yeah. I think it's obviously going to give the Emirates a much needed revitalization, but it it also comes as part of what I think is a really profound effort on the part of the club to really connect both with the local supporters and the global uh, supporter community. And you see that in the change in the ground, the atmosphere in the ground, the, the football that's being played doesn't hurt, of course. But um, I'm curious because if we go back just a few years, a few short years, there were some difficult moments, right? Whether it was Super League issues or, or the We Care movement. And the club, I think, has responded really powerfully with an effort to connect with the fans. And I, I'm wondering how you feel about the journey that's been made in terms of the club making that reconnection.
7: Well, I, it's so important, isn't it? Uh... You know, I think as years have gone by and 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 players have earned more money, there's been more money in the game, and there's it almost seemed like the players were getting further and further away from the fans. But as you say, the football that's being played, the atmosphere within the Emirates, there's a real, there seems to be a real tight bond between between everybody, uh, and that helps the team, and it entertains the fans, and uh, it, it leads to a great product, I think. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I do think it, it's a bit special. Um, you know, people talk about the Arsenal and it, it, it is an English institution. I'm so proud to have played for the club with the the, the obvious history going back to those 30s. Um, and it can be intimidating, I think, for, for, for some players if you let it be. But um, yeah, to wear the famous red and white shirt was a great honour.
1: Yeah, and obviously you had the chance to do that at Highbury, which was its own unique environment. And I think that there were questions when the Emirates were built whether it could become Fortress Emirates. There were some famous nights. There was the first leg against Barcelona that comes to mind, but just halftime of a tie, right? Not the, not the final accomplishment. And I think there's a real sense now that it is becoming a home. How do you think about the way the Emirates is becoming that fortress and, and maybe reproducing some of the magic that hybrid that created?
7: Well, that's the thing with the Emirates. It hasn't really got particular memories, has it? You've got to win trophies, I think, to create memories. But um, I always think first port of call for the manager is to make sure that opponents don't enjoy coming to Arsenal, which hasn't always been the case. You know, you want the opposition to wake up in the morning and think, oh, we've got to go to Arsenal or we're playing Arsenal today. This is going to be hard work. And it is hard work now against the boys because they do work so hard and they move so quickly and move the ball so swiftly. Um, Not an easy team to play against at all. So that kind of Fear factor is great, which all the top teams have. You know, the Invincibles had it. We had it in 89-91 when you're lining up in the tunnel and the opposition are looking at you and they're thinking, oh, uh, can we even possibly draw this? Never mind about win it. So you've got a bit of a leg up before uh, the, the, the game kicks off. But you've got to earn that. And, you know, the boys at the moment have certainly done that.
1: Yeah, and to do that with such a young team is, is really special as well. I think that's part of the uh, sensation of hope it's not just what the club is doing now, but it's the feeling that this is sustainable and can be carried into the future. And so when you watch the football that Mikel has the team playing as a former player, is this the kind of football that you're just drooling, watching, and saying, I, I could have filled my boots playing this way?
7: Well, they create so many chances, don't they? So, I mean, the style of football is a little bit different. We don't sling in quite so many crosses, although we, we have done. Uh, but obviously when you've got Odegaard, Saka, you know, nicely Emil Smith-Roback, Martinelli, these kind of players... Just behind a centre forward, you know, if you're not getting chances, there's something wrong. So uh, for Gabriel Jesus and now Eddie and Ketia, you know, it, it, it's great for those those centre forwards to to have such talent behind.
1: Yeah, I, I think it's special too that that this moment is now coming. Fans back in the ground, right? The COVID period was very hard for football and hard for the club and hard for the supporters, and you really feel the unity around the team. I think the players are very easy to like it's it's a good group of players to get behind last question just in terms of that group do you think that what Mikel was able to do maybe moving on from certain personalities and creating a group that really was ready to fight for the badge and, and represent the club in a passionate and honorable way is a key reason why they're able to get here aside from the obvious talent
7: well you've got to have strong leadership strong management and, and Mikel has shown that strength I think he's been criticised, obviously the Aubameyang issue with the highest earner, uh, Ozil, you know, the club took a financial hit, but he wanted the right, what he saw as the right people in that dressing room to create that atmosphere, that togetherness, that will to win. He's got hungry players, you say they're young, and, and with that comes hunger, everybody desperate to achieve things in the game, and um, that's that's a great asset to have, especially in this day and age, with players earning a lot of money, sometimes the hunger can go, but Certainly not the case with the Gunners at the moment.
1: Definitely not. You think they'll do it?
7: As for winning the league, I don't know. Uh, (laughs) I'd love to say yes. It's such a weird situation because they're top of the league going into the new year, but everyone thinks Manchester City will win it. When you see them, you know, they throw on Grealish and Mahrez and you think, well, Arsenal haven't quite got that ammunition. But, you know, um, I wouldn't compare us to Leicester City, but things like that can happen. Um, you can't always choose your your seasons as well. So I'm sure they'll give it a good go, you know, and possibly some additions in the January transfer window as well would certainly help.
1: Yeah, well, we'll see about that. Uh, There's a lovely event going on downstairs that I'm sure you would much prefer to be at at the moment. So I will thank you for your time. It's a real pleasure and uh, and hopefully get a chance to talk to you in the future.
7: Okay, thanks, Elliot.
1: Thank you. Okay, and now I'm with someone who knows a thing or two about making a statement through imagery and sometimes just making a statement himself. And that's club (laughs) photographer, Stuart McFarlane. Stuart, great to meet
8: you. Great to have you on. And uh, good to meet you, Elliot, as well.
1: And so, um, firstly, let's just start with the event tonight. Obviously, a lot of time and thought went into this. You're not just a club photographer. You are a supporter. Um, The club is, obviously, means a great deal to you. And we'll get, get onto that more in a minute. But in terms of... Your thoughts of the execution and realization of this idea? Uh, how do you think the the art has landed currently?
8: Well, I was when we did the first stadium wrap, I think sixteen years ago. I was involved in that, and there was maybe five or six people involved, but we had a clear idea of what we wanted, and uh, obviously, it wasn't given out to the fans. Then it was just internally through the club, but it was still stunning. But to actually execute this with all the help from the supporters staff players and ex players was really incredible and to put it all together in such a short space of time is absolutely stunning
1: yeah I mean I I have to admit early on the event we're speaking now at the tail end of the event I didn't have a lot of time to really walk around the gallery and see it I've taken it all in now it's a tremendous achievement it's done the rare job of I think uniting most fans on social media which as you know is very difficult um it, it connects the, the past and the present and the future in a way that I think is really elegant. You have obviously documented a lot of important moments at the club and I feel that this season at least so far is up there for me as a supporter since around 1999 in terms of special memories and I'm curious as someone who's documented so many important moments have you thought at all about where this starts to fit into the, the history of the club for you?
8: What, this season? So far, yep. Yeah. Look, we've too soon (laughs) far too soon we've had some great moments we have great moments every season it's far too early to think about what we can achieve i think do the best we can see where we are in may and that's where we start patting ourselves on the back to say what a great achievement but so far it's been brilliant mikhail's got the fans right behind the team the players have as well there's a great connection and uh I've not seen it for a long time, a very, very long time, the feeling between the supporters and the and the and the players and the staff.
1: You feel it at the at the Emirates?
8: I feel it at the Emirates and at Colney, the it's a unbelievable group of people who have got a clear vision about what we and they want to achieve and we all want to achieve as supporters as well. So uh Fingers crossed.
1: We went through a few tough seasons to get here. And obviously there were seasons without supporters, the COVID seasons, which were really hard on everybody, not just in terms of the performance on the pitch, although we did win an FA Cup, which was brilliant. But just in terms of not having the heart and soul of the club around the the ground at that time. I'm curious, you know, obviously where we are now, it feels like it was inevitable, but not as a supporter, but as someone who works in the club. Did those times feel as difficult for you to really connect to your job and being at the club as it did just as a supporter to connect
8: to what was going on? No, not not really because, I mean, I'm a photographer. And mm-hmm. I'm a massive supporter of the football club. and every match, day I try to produce a set of images that are uh, the best I can. That was my focus. And then winning games is obviously more important. I didn't ever feel there was any lulls, but... You know, it's like being every other team, you know, you lose games, but we lost more. It was it was tough, but I was always positive. I'm, I always had been positive. And throughout the whole of Arsene's era and Unai's and Mikel's, I've always thought we can achieve something. I've never felt negative at all. But obviously, I, I don't take pictures when we can see goals, you know. So. <laughs> you may take
1: them, they just don't get published. No, um, not at all. L- let me ask you... Everybody listening, I think, knows what it means to be a supporter and care about the club from that perspective. Is there something from your privileged position inside the club and having documented it in imagery for so many years that you'd want supporters to know about this club that maybe they get wrong or they don't really uh, understand in the way they watch? I
8: think maybe a couple of years ago that I could say something, but now I don't think I can because of the way that the way that Mikel's come in and the way that the uh, the players react to the supporters now. My whole thing was the players care. Some more than others a few years ago, but you cannot look at all the staff at the training ground, all the players now, and say so they would not die for the football club. And and that's always how I felt. And, and I can't say any more than that. You only have to see it on every match day, home and away.
1: Yeah, no, I think that's well said. I, I have to ask you about this. I asked you ahead of time if it's okay to bring it up because I'm sure you've been asked about it quite a bit, but one of the most memorable moments from the Amazon documentary was your speech in the dressing room. Um, The impact it made seems to be obvious. It seemed to have resonated. But at a time of cynicism, deep cynicism in our society, on our social media, uh, a sense that everything's stage managed, it's nothing authentic. The reason it cut through for me is it felt so authentic. And it feels like the players really felt that authenticity and that passion. What do you think inspired Mikel to approach you to do this? And how did you feel about being asked to do it? Did you have reservations? Because it's it's obviously a big responsibility.
8: I can't I can't answer for him. Right, of course. But I know his attention to detail, how much he cares about the club. I've known him for a long time. He knows how much he knows what the club means to me. Good point. And that was the conversation. And it was it was purely can you tell them how much it means? Mm-hmm. And Do you know, I didn't know the cameras were there, the fixed cameras and they were filming. So I was, Mm it wasn't, it was not as though there was a guy putting a camera in my face. It was no acts. It was no show. It was just how I felt. It's a very emotional moment for me to do that, speak to players of the club that I've loved all my life before North London Derby Mm -hmm. to try and say something to them. And I was incredibly nervous and I didn't, honestly, the whole first 45 minutes I was still shaking. How I got pictures from that game is incredible. Probably the most nervous I've ever been at a game I can in imagine. the whole of my career as I've taken bits of our cup finals, Champions League final. I've never felt that nervous because I felt that it was on me if we didn't win, you know. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the game, Mikel was great. Players are great. Got me in the dressing room. You know, it was just uh, a day on, I'll never forget. And as a supporter, you couldn't you couldn't wish for... Something, but it may haunt me for years now. Mm.
1: Well, I mean, I I think, you know, we spoke briefly ahead of time, but you know, someone with young children, myself, we long for those moments that can connect the next generation to who you are and what you what you stood for and what you care about. And I think it's brilliant that you have that. I'll let you go with this. I've already taken up more of your time than I think I suggested, so I apologize. But just you've been doing this for a long time. Um, does it still feel as urgent as as privileged as special today? As it has throughout the years?
8: I think it's, I feel more privileged today than I did the first day I walked into Highbury. Interesting. Because the connection that we've got now, the club is so big, but in a way, we've gone back to a little bit of Highbury. We've come back to a little bit of a family club now because of the way that the exhibition tonight, the way that Mikel's got the fans on side. It feels like the family's back, you know, and we've got the biggest art exhibition in the whole of the world, probably outside the Emirates. <laughs> yeah. And once it's all up, it's going to be incredible to look at.
1: It, it's going to make a huge statement. I think seeing it digitally is nothing compared to seeing it in person in the small scale and the big scale. It's going to be tremendous. Well, look, I can't thank you enough uh, for the time. I know you've had a lot going on tonight and, and I appreciate you taking the time. It's been a privilege to meet you and I, I hope to speak to you again. In future. Absolute
8: pleasure. thank, thank Great you. Great to meet you.
1: Okay, now I'm joined by Jeremy Deller, who is a London-based artist, celebrated artist, and responsible for some of the great artwork that we're going to be seeing for the first time tonight and ultimately seeing on the Emirates. And Jeremy is well-positioned to uh, enjoy this art because he can actually see the Emirates from his apartment. So he will be enjoying his art. Jeremy, thank you so much for the time tonight. It's a pleasure, pleasure. I, I think the first thing that everybody's excited to hear about is just the process by which the ideas behind the art came to life because the club means so much to so many people globally yeah, yeah. and you had this tremendous responsibility right to bring this vision to life so can you tell me a little about the process from ideation to creation that's
9: a very good question and yes of course when you're working in an arena like football the fans i think are such an important element in in the in the equation and so for me when i was asked it was literally a year ago maybe a little bit more than a year ago what i would envisage on the side of the building I just thought, well, whatever it is, we have to have uh, cons- consult the fans, involve the fans as much as possible, and uh, maybe even have their suggestions on the side. And that's what we did. And, and reflect their concerns and, and themselves effectively. And we've, I, to, I believe we've done that.
1: Yeah, I know the club put a lot of work into trying to get as much fan involvement and interaction. There was a whole yeah. committee put together for that. Did it really give you the sense of responsibility for how much this is going to mean to uh, so yeah, many people? absolutely. Because... It, we had these meetings where we met the fans we had three big
9: meetings and the first meeting I mean I don't really know much about football or arsenal or anything really and i knew i was going into a room with people who were experts and absolutely passionate about the game and about arsenal and i just thought what would they make of me and you go in and the atmosphere was amazing actually people were really friendly but also they were really engaged in the process and of course you're in a room with 80 people or so and they you know they they see themselves as the, the greatest fans and they might not like every idea or think that everything is going to work, but at least we discussed it. And we, on the whole, we got very general approval for most things. And we did consult. We got ideas from the fans. And so you can't please everybody. But I felt we really came to a very good place after the third meeting. People were really behind the pro- project. And I think we're very happy with what we've been doing.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, there's no question about the end result. And I'd say you're in good company. A lot of people would say, I also know nothing about football. So, yeah. you know, you're a good company But I there. understand the passion of it. <laughs> yeah.
9: Because in my work and my other things I've done, I've often worked with fan culture, with fans of bands or whatever, mm. or people are very into certain things. And so I understand that and I identify with that.
1: One thing that obviously football has is tribalism. Yeah. It's very unique to the sport and to the passion of the way that we all support it. And yeah. so what goes up on the stadium, to some extent, is a statement and not just yes. a statement to the supporters of the club, but also to the rest of the world, right? Yeah. And so I'm curious to what extent you tried to embrace that sense of tribalism and that making a statement, so that the Emirates becomes Fortress Emirates, because that's really what we want to create—not for, for just for players, but for fans as well.
9: Well, I think you know we, it's interesting to use that term "fortress" because we've got a lot of cannons. <laughs> cannon imagery is everywhere <laughs> is on the badge. So, that, yeah. so there is that. So there is that martial imagery is there already. Mm-hmm. But I mean, the exterior has a lot of um, imagery about the fan base, which is international. So that's one thing we have, and then it has. Uh, images of the achievements, both men's and women's football. And then it has images of the history as well. And then it has an image. One of the images is on the side of the building and, and will be seen by people coming into London on the train, marking the place, what they're seeing. It's welcome. It says, welcome to North London, home of the Arsenal. So that's us putting down our marker, basically. So there's a lot of different messages going on, but I hope they all, in a way, create kind of a cohesive story, effectively. And, um, but there's humor as well, which is very important. Yeah. I think people miss that in sport. The humor is very important. There's lots of little in jokes and little Easter eggs for the fans who only the fans will know, oh, that's why that's there. So for example, there's a fox in one of the chant banners and that's to do with Leicester City. Mm-hmm. And so on. I, I didn't know that. So we put in all these little things for fans, like diehard fans will understand these little references. So it's a little, it's like a little, um,
1: Easter egg hunt feeling. You have just ruined one of them though, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I have but there's plenty of others there's plenty yeah. of others well and it's nice cuz every time you go to the emirates it's it's a chance to see a little something different in in the yeah. imagery i'm curious if there's something that personally for you you feel most proud of with the creation or an aspect of the creation that really connected with Oops. your artistic vision two things really
9: i think something you won't see is the process what we've just spoken of course. which which you do see effectively because it's on it's around But it's just those meetings and the discussion and conversation that was had and the care that was taken, I think it was really important. It was really important. So that's one thing. And the second thing is a thing I've already mentioned, basically. It's the sign for people coming into London. Because there's no sign welcoming you to London on the train. Mm. You usually get get that on roads. And you especially get it in in America. You know, you enter somewhere and it says, welcome to, or whatever. Mm. It's towns and villages and whatever, cities. So you don't get that on trains very often. So we've created something to welcome people to London. And millions of people will see that over the years.
1: No question. I'm sure you've created a lot of art in your career that has been well-received, that has been debated, that has uh, been argued over. Yeah. Maybe, and I don't know this, but I'm guessing this may be the artwork that has the most conversation around it in terms of how much it will be debated and discussed Obs- by people who obsess yes. over this subject. Yes. So I'm curious, do you Do you have an apprehension about that? Are you excited about that uh, to see that reception of people uh, who will love it or uh, people
9: who have a different view? I will avoid social media for some weeks.
1: (laughs) Always a good idea, regardless. Yeah, exactly.
9: (laughs) I won't look at the comments. But um, I was just told that the Facebook fan page has 38 million followers. Mm. So that's an incredible reach. And so I'm sure there'll be a lot of discussion. I doubt if it'll be about me, but (laughs) it'll be about what's happened. And I'm just one part of us. remember. There's um, David... uh, Rudnick, graphic designer who we work with very closely yep. and also ruben mm-hmm. yeah and so he's <laughs> he's done a lot of the illustrations the drawings mm-hmm. the artwork these drawings and so he um i'm one of three right. basically but for some reason i'm the person that's here speaking to you but that's fine because i don't mind that. well i'm appreciative yeah <laughs> so the other thing yeah so mm-hmm. it's the two things it's the mm-hmm. process and the mem- memories of that for me and then the um the banner welcoming people to London because it's yep. my town, you know, London, yep. and so it's. Uh, I feel that that's a nice thing for people, whether they want to know it or not. If they're coming to see Arsenal, and they see the stadium and it welcomes them, you know. But that's an ambivalent welcome. Well, potentially,
1: no, I, I don't think there's going to be. Uh, I don't think there's going to be any doubt about what that symbol yeah. sig- signifies as people yeah. uh, ride the train past it. So, just as a final question, you said you're not particularly a, a football supporter yourself. No. As someone coming from the outside of the world, because to everybody listening, obviously massive supporters of the club, I'm a massive supporter of the club, I'm curious how you reacted in these meetings to hear the passion of people about the sport, about the club, and and how as sort of someone coming from the outside of that culture, it resonated for you to see how much this really means to people versus maybe other work you've done or other industries you've been involved in. Well, I've totally understood it Mm -hmm. because I live... On the Holloway Road. Fair.
9: <laughs> I live as about as close as you can to the stadium, so I see the fans once or twice a week. Go in, I hear the cheering, and I hear them come out. More cheering recently. Oh, tons <laughs> of cheering recently. So I, I know the, I know Arsenal. I just haven't been. I've only been inside once to see a match, but I know it from the exterior. So I understand it from just watching that and being part of it, and it's quite exciting living close to a football stadium. I have to say, uh, so I'm I'm quite into that. And I like it seeing it full of people and the build up, and then everyone's going in, and then people running who are a bit late, and then everyone comes out. And, you know, it's great. So I,
1: I feel I understand it because I've observed it for 20 years, effectively. Interesting. Well, I want to congratulate you on realizing this vision and Thank the brilliant you. way you've done it. Cheers. Uh, I think you've now made yourself part of the fabric of the club. Wow. Well, so welcome. Welcome to the group. You know, <laughs> literally part of the fabric. The and the fabric and, is. Uh... And, and, you know, maybe we will catch you uh, in a few years with a Twitter account, Super Gunner Fan yeah, 21 or something. Yeah you know, uh, following I, along. and I'm wearing a red jacket for those of you who I did are not notice, watching. I did notice, I did <laughs> notice. All right, well, uh, thank you so much for the time. Pleasure. I know you got a lot to do tonight. I can't yes. wait to hear your speech later, so good uh, luck yeah. with it. It's going to be amazing. <laughs> Congratulations thank on the work. Thank much. you very much. Okay, that'll do it. Uh, a special episode, I hope you enjoyed it, a special night, like I said, uh, when I have my wits about me more, when we get a chance to sit down with Tim and Clive again in the usual way, we'll try to tease out some of the fun stories, I'm sure you'll see lots of videos and pictures coming out from the night from us and from other people as well, I hope you enjoyed the artwork, I hope you enjoyed the interviews, I hope you enjoyed the extent to which uh, you are a participant in this evening one way or another, so, thank you, as I always say, we love you, but... We really, really love you and and really feel that this was a night that we shared together and will hopefully uh, just be one of many special nights upcoming. What's coming up next is the Derby. We'll definitely have a podcast about that uh, both before and in the triumphant moments after. Wherever you are, I hope you're doing great. I hope you enjoyed this evening. We love you. And we will talk to you after Arsenal 10s. Spurs